Hello everyone and welcome to the latest podcast um, with me, Joe Cavallo. Joe Cavallo Jackson now, because I got married. How exciting is that? Um, from Dottimo. Um, so Dottimo, in case you don't know, which you probably do by now, um, stands for declutter and organise the things you're most overwhelmed with. Um, and the point of these podcasts really is to um, try and talk to other people who... Um, help people in ways similar and incredibly different sometimes to the way I do um, help people kind of get through things come out the other side of of um, of their um, issues their traumas their you know just bits of life that they're not very happy with that kind of thing so today I have with me Johnny Woodall from Johnny's Apothecary did I say that right yes um, and I can't even begin to try and um, explain what you do, Johnny, so I'm not even going to try. So um, please tell us a bit about you, about what you do. And I know there's many streams to what you do. So so yeah. just, yeah, crack on and we'll, we'll, we'll see where we head. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks for introducing me. Um, I have a degree in herbal medicine okay. from the University of Lincoln. And I work as a medical herbalist, so I provide or prescribe medicinal plants to people based on a consultation for the health problems okay so that's a succinct way of putting it together that was that was quite yeah, yeah. medical herbalist so how does that differ from i don't know my immediate things are like homeopathy and stuff like that that are springing to mind what 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 kind of what what's different about it what so the practice of herbal medicine is taking plants, yep. real plants, live plants, yeah. out of nature and using some sort of minimal process to preserve them so that you can use them at a later date. Because obviously okay. if you pick something from the wild, within days it's going to dry out and get mouldy and you can't use it. Okay. But herbalists will either dry it to the point where you can prescribe it as a tea, yeah. tincture it in alcohol and it'll last for quite a number of quite a number of years i've heard of tincturing before can you tincture with anything other than alcohol you can make glycerites although i don't think that would be considered tincturing okay Uh, that's a that's a slightly different process not as common as tinctures yeah tinctures are far more common and have been used in certainly the uk for hundreds of years yeah why i ask is i've got a friend who's a um she does she does things with flower essences okay and yeah. uh, so bev and and she um she was trying to find another way of um trying to do her things with flower essences whatever that means yeah um but without using alcohol because i'm an alcoholic so i can't mm. have alcohol in any way shape or form so mm. she was trying to find other things so she's she's been using salt as a preservative rather oh, than wow. alcohol and things instead that's interesting yeah and finding different ways to work with it because it, it she was kind of like i don't really know how to do this and i can give you something but it's going to be only going to last a very very short amount of time of course yeah So she's been doing quite a lot of stuff with salt instead so wow. that's that's been quite uh quite interesting that's really interesting because i'm i have done my level one batch flower remedy training and i actually combine that with my prescriptions so that becomes a little bit unusual for people because flower remedies are sort of less they sort of sit between herbal medicine which is a science where we give physiological amounts of plants where it's undeniable you can smell it taste it you give it to a scientist and they'd say yes we can see all these molecules inside of this preparation whereas flower, flower remedies are, are kind of not like that no they're more sort of uh, towards homeopathy yeah so it gets a little bit strange uh so i introduced myself as a herbalist but i'm also a flower remedy practitioner and i i combined the two together which is uh somewhat I would say quite unusual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's great though, because you, you, you know, you, you, you're picking up bits of all sorts of different areas, aren't you? Because it's, yeah. it, is there one such thing that you know? It's like, oh, well, this is the answer. It's like, well, yeah, but, but maybe there's a bit of this, and because dealing with the flower essences, mm. I found absolutely fantastic with Beth because it's a lot of it's just you know, I hold a flower essence and and I just burst into tears. Wow. You know, and and it's it's like it's 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 not tangible. I can't, yeah. you know, I'm not even smelling it. It's just through the glass. You know, the energy and stuff that mm. comes through it, I think is absolutely amazing. So it's more than just it's more than just the sort of properties in the the thing. It's it's kind of a it's an energy, it's a force sort of thing, which is yeah, which yeah. which I, I I really quite enjoy. Yeah, I, I really enjoy hearing people's experiences with 
stuff like that because it's it brings it home just how powerful the, the human experience can be that sits outside the obvious things that a lot of us are taught that yes. you need to ingest something physiological for a physio phys physiological reaction to happen which a lot of us actually if you think about it, it isn't really true you can yeah. look at a picture in your hand and burst into tears you can hear a song and be taken back to uh, a memory from a long time ago yeah. that can either feel really painful or really joyous and yeah. uh, it works the same with flower remedies they sometimes just the the practitioner describing how it works and you having faith in the practitioner that they're going to give you something that's worthwhile and the consultation brings about conversations around what you need yeah. and all of that trust and symbolism that goes into that gesture and holding it sometimes is enough to produce a reaction but some of us are, are much more sensitive i would say than mm. others yeah there definitely is a spectrum to the human experience on sensitivity yeah. But I think it's a muscle you can you can learn it. Would uh, you say I'd kind of call that open-mindedness almost? Yeah, I mean certainly in the realms of psychology, there's a <laughs> they've spent obviously many many decades now looking at different groups of people that exist and how people's beliefs, po political uh, opinions, all the way through to uh, how creative they are, yeah. their level of intelligence, their IQ, everything, and how how you can sort of find. Uh, links between groups of people, separate them, and then realise actually we're we're all human, but we all have slightly different experiences. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we're fixed. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that I'm very big at talking about with my my, my clients, and my patients. Mm. Whenever I'm out there talking to people, saying, "Look, you know, you're the the way you are right now. You're structured in a certain way. Mm. Yeah. And there's parts of you that can." be changed and altered if you're if you're open to it yeah and often it's suffering that brings people to that point absolutely uh, and yeah. people need to get often get to a level of suffering where they can't take it anymore before they finally break yeah. rather than preempting stuff uh, it's a bit of a completely with your mind. definitely my experience with my alcoholism you know mm. i had to get to the point of complete and utter surrender mm. before i before i was willing to actually you know, do anything about it really when yeah. I look at it back at it now. You know, I could, you know, could I have made a choice before that? And yes, I could have. You know, I was eligible, you know, for for, for treatment when I was really 18, probably, you know, mm. in, in the, in the, you know, the th sort of the, the numbers and all that sort of stuff. But was I ready? Absolutely not. You know, I needed to go through lots more years to get to a point where I was willing and ready to do something about it, really, I think. Mm. And that kind of, you know, I, I do, I do. I've I've kind of been involved in discussions before where people sort of say, do do you have to get to that point? And I think there are some people who who choose to change and and you know don't necessarily need to go there. But yeah. for me, I mean, I I tend to have to be in quite a lot of pain before I'll actually do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite resistant to it. I'm like, oh yeah. no, but a bit less so now, less so now. But it is, um, yeah, that that kind of hitting that yeah. that 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 brick wall or mm. rock bottom or whatever you want to call it is uh, is quite a moment isn't it do lots of people come to you that are, that are in that situation though or is it more kind of just health issues or is it is it kind of what, what every what, herbalist what? seems to attract a different type of client yeah. or a range of clients yeah. um, i seem to have found over the last couple of years that i tend to attract quite a lot of people with autoimmune diseases okay and they've usually been in the nhs for a number of years mm -hmm. and they've they're just not getting anywhere and in fact they're getting worse yeah. uh, they've tried a lot of different medications yeah. hardly any of them again have worked yeah. or what kind of is it autoimmune what, what, just to explain that a bit more so autoimmune diseases are classed as conditions where the body's internal immune system mm. that should be working appropriately to look at different invaders let's yep. say that come in through the body bacteria viruses mold fungi um even cancer yeah uh, the immune system notices what shouldn't be there and essentially mounts a response yep. to get rid of it yeah that's the kind of 
I would say a simplified version. Little army, I see it as. Yeah. It's kind of a little little battalion of soldiers yeah, inside me that go, get out, you're yeah. not supposed to be here. You're yeah. not supposed to be yeah. here. And the yeah. amount of response, they send it to where it should be, they get rid of it. It's mm-hmm. happening all the time, mm-hmm. constantly, every single second of the day. But what happens with autoimmune diseases is for, for some reason... I can talk a bit about maybe the reasons or what I think the reasons are later is that the immune system turns in on a particular part of the body. Right. So, for example, multiple sclerosis yeah. is, is an autoimmune disease where the immune system sends, let's say, its army, its yeah. invaders yeah. to attack the myelin sheath that surround the, the neurons of the nervous system. Okay. So your nervous system is made up of cells, they're called neurons, and each neuron has a particular yeah. part of it called a myelin sheath. Okay. And that's like, a, you have to think of it as like wiring around the electrical cables of your home. Okay. If the wiring wasn't there, the electricity would just be shooting out everywhere. Wouldn't get, it? Yeah. it wouldn't pass through so kind of to like... get to the thing that you're using, your laptop, your TV. Yeah. It wouldn't even make it. It's, a, it's a, in my opinion, a, a, a similar analogy yeah uh, yeah, yeah to, i can see that so uh, and that's what you see people that have ms as the years go on they start to develop tremors yeah. so resting tremors or tremors where they grip something yeah um, that their eyes might not be able to focus yeah. that's the cranial nerves yeah. uh, coming from the brain so, so it's, it's all, the body attacking itself basically the, the immune system has turned in on it on yeah. itself for yeah. some for some reason crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis yes. are autoimmune diseases where the body turns in on the uh, intestinal gut yeah. uh, ulcerative colitis is focused more on the colon whereas crohn's happens from the mouth all the way through to the anus okay. and anywhere at a particular point uh, and there's many i don't i don't actually know but i think there's hundreds yeah. of autoimmune diseases but there tends to be let's say a, a small pocket of them that tend to be the more well-known or experienced yes. ones um, and you hear about them more and more now don't you you know these were these are yeah. quite rare things weren't they and now it's kind of it's, it's, it's getting yeah more popular which well, sounds I, awful but i think more common. Cr- chronic disease is definitely yeah. the order of the day for our age at the moment yeah. it's very it's incredibly it's prevalent. scary yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's quite strange how we've moved from a hundred years ago, to where you know people would have seven, eight, nine kids, and a couple of them would die during child, uh, they'd die when they were born very yeah. quickly, or they'd die during childbirth. But the level of chronic disease, I don't think, was what it is now, yeah. and we've kind of flipped. Yeah. Like you know, the the women are able to go through childbirth uh, and often deliver kids with much lower risk mm. than what we had a lot of kids are born they get through childhood these days obviously we have low, lower families but the rate at which chronic disease has kind of come out it's increased it's just massively, yeah, massively it? yeah. gone yeah. out of proportion and that's so, a huge so are these are these kind of people that come to you because actually you know the, the the health service as it is and the treatment that's there is is kind of after bashing your head against a big wall for a long time it's not really particularly working yeah and the main point to focus on is looking at the philosophy that underpins it. Mm-hmm. So the philosophy that underpins how the NHS work is centred around what I would refer to as reductionism, which is focusing in on uh, there's one problem that we're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. It's not connected to other problems that you've got in the body. Mm-hmm. And here's one molecule that we're going to give you to, to, fix, fit, to fix that one problem. Yeah. And that's what you see. You go in for 10 minutes to see your doctor. Yeah. You can only talk about one problem often. They're yes. very resistant to talking about two or three. Yes, you've uh, because you've got a double appointment, haven't you? Because yeah. you've only got one. So tell me the most pressing issue. And here's a prescription. And that prescription is one molecule, ironically, usually from a plant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and let's see what happens. But all... Um, all pharmaceuticals well maybe not quite all but the vast majority of them are about symptom control yes so they don't really have any basis at looking at how am I going to give you something that's actually going to get to the core of who you are as to why this is happening yes because they're not taught that at school they're not taught about how that actually works they're not taught how they can use tools like a herbalist would with plants mm. to treat the cause yeah. uh, and the pharmaceuticals lead lead the lead the day basically that's yeah. that's how it works whereas herbalists are taught uh, the philosophy of holism which is that 
everything right now in this moment as to who you are and why you are here is connected to stuff from before you, stuff from your, your ancestors, and that your mind and your body are connected and that we're going to spend a good 90 minutes talking to you right now. I'm going to ask you hundreds of questions. And in that, I'm going to look at your musculoskeletal system, your digestion, mm -hmm. your skin. Um, if you're a woman, your menstrual cycle, mm -hmm. uh, what's your sleep pattern, mm -hmm. What are your political views? Are you religious? Are you non-religious? Why? Uh, what what traumas do you think you're carrying? What was your family dynamics like when you were younger? And then trying to draw in some sort of connection between everything yeah, and then prescribe uh, a formula that takes try attempts to take as much of that into consideration yes. with a theory that you're going to be shifted, changed by this process yeah. to achieve something that we've agreed together. And that's... I would say the art of transformation, which is something that is scoffed at and laughed at, and um, you know, I'm the classic one is that, oh, okay, yeah, herbs, uh, it's just placebo, you yeah. know, forgetting that actually, hang on a minute, if we, if you want to call it placebo, I call it the art of transformation yeah. <laughs> or healing potential. If you want to call it the placebo effect, why? why is that laughter you've given some yeah. to somebody nothing and they've, they've got, got better, better. Yeah. shouldn't we be actually spending huge volumes of resources studying that because if we can if we can manifest that as a yeah. culture yeah. and actually all agree that that works and have professionals learning that yeah. we'd save a fortune yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd all be like yeah. we'd be super wealthy and rich no we wouldn't have as much yeah. disease as we have because no. everybody would understand and agree that we all have a healing potential within yeah. us. And they even say that because that's what they measure. They measure their drugs against the placebo, but it's framed in such a way that the placebo is this kind of almost like a negative yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. like a good thing. Yeah. Whereas my herbal medicine degree was obviously kind of exposing us to the fact that there's something more to that word yeah. than seeing it as just this... Oh, you can just discard it it's not that yeah. big of a deal it's not real because um, it's nothing yeah, it's, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm not saying that what I do I, I, I don't frame it as placebo at all uh, herbs have molecular formulations within yeah. them that have been studied for well over 50 years mm. now uh, where we've seen plant molecules interact with cells mm. um, and we've seen how the cells respond we've done human trials we've done animal trials we've it's there is yeah. a big, there is a very large sort volume of, of data. Yeah. It's just that they're, in my opinion, they're not shown that at the medical school. Um, no, I think, you know, I, I have a fellow who's into alkaline nutrition and, and you know, and, and, and doesn't necessarily agree with lots of stuff that, you know, mm. I mean, we, we try, you know, kind of work on an 80-20 rule, but, uh, you know, with nutrition, you know, it's all about the gut and kind of what's happening there and, and mm. you know, and, and, and we don't really eat dairy you know, and um, our meat consumption has gone right downhill, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot of that at all, and, you know, still do have the old bit, you know, but, but you know, how I feel now compared to how I felt two years ago mm. with, you know, well, you've just seen the kitchen and the tea selection and all the all the, yeah, all the gummies amazing. that we've got, yeah, <laughs> you know, so, like, having having gynostema and ashwagandha and dangwai in the morning <laughs> was completely alien to me, and I'm like, I still don't quite understand yeah. it, but, you know, my fella says, well, this is the good stuff, you know, and, and, I, and I trust him. Yeah, and, and I you're think, feeling it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a lot better from it, you know, I mean, I... You know, I changed my life a lot. You know, I got sober. That was massive, you know, and, and, and since then. But, you know, after getting sober, I, I was eating really badly, you know, and caffeine and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, in the last couple of years, it, since I've since I've met Tony, really, and, and mm. just started to understand a little bit more, I'm like, what am I doing to myself? You mm. know, and just kind of trying to understand some of these links to things that, you know, that there's, there's, there's processed food and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And really, what do I really want to do that? You know, and it's... It's a bit scary, really, but I think, you know, the the things find me. I find, you know, like like me and Bev and the flower essences, and I've got another friend, mm. Suzanne, who's a kinesiologist, you know, and and had so all, all sorts of stuff done with energy and things like that, and you know, and 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 I don't understand it, and, and I think <laughs> I think that's the lovely thing, actually. I don't, mm. I don't need to, you know. There's experts like you and and them, you know, who who kind of know what it's all about, but. What you were talking about about treating the symptom—that's that's what we do, isn't it? You know, it's like, well, okay, let's—you've got a headache, mm. let's deal with that headache. You know, it's like, well, where does it come from? What's it? You know, what's it about? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it can be the same 
I've I've looked a lot into hoarding disorder recently, and it can be the same a lot with 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 clutter, because one of the things that sometimes happens with hoarding disorder is people will go in and do a clear out, mm. and that's treating the symptom. It's the mm. stuff, but it doesn't treat any of the underlying causes or why it's yeah. happening, or you know, or 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 help that person to find a different way of of doing it because. I think with any of this stuff, you know, thinking you can go and take a pill and then carry on doing exactly what you are if you're if you're not living in a great way, you know, it's it's never going to be an answer, is it? It's like yeah. it's like putting a plaster on a festering wound. It's exactly. you cover it, but the wound's still going to be festering away yeah. and maybe even get bigger and bigger. Yeah, and that's and, and what getting I down to these sort of you know, well, well, what is it all about? And that's and that's mm. a bit of everything. Like you say, it's you know, it's okay. Well, it's that trauma and and, and all that sort. Of, you know, yeah. it's not one. It's not one thing. It's not. Oh, okay. I've got a poorly toe. Let's just treat that. <laughs> you know, simplifying it. But yeah. you, you know, I completely, I completely get where you're coming from. It's this, um, this sort of how do we, how do we, how do we heal a person? Mm. Not just see that disease. I suppose. Maybe. Yeah. We all live in the same world, but we all experience a very different mm. set of reality, uh, and that finding the points at which people engage with their reality and helping them connect that everything around you your your objects your house your clothes the, your your hair the words that you use the thoughts that you have are all actually part of one big spinning momentum and cycle that's going round and round and round mm-hmm. and we know that's a truth like that to some people listening that might sound a bit complicated but you can get 10 people in a room mm-hmm and have them all witness one particular thing. And that might be somebody walking in and just screaming an obscene, some sort of obscene word yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. quite an emotive experience. Uh, and three people will find it hilarious. Three people will be deeply shocked by that yeah. and may go into some pit of shame. Yeah. Three, the other, three people will just think, well, they'd be confused. What, you, you see what I'm yeah, trying to yeah, say? Like, yeah. they've all seen exactly the same thing yeah. at the same moment, but they've all entered different uh, different human experiences based on, let's say, an internal blueprint of, of how they respond to that stimulus. Yeah. And that's important. That's an important thing to point out because your health is, is directly related to that concept. Yeah. yeah? That your the way your heart beats uh, the way your nervous system turns itself on and off the way your endocrine system responds to stimulus we've we know scientifically that people have different uh, experiences and depending on what you've been through in the past or depending on the stories that you were taught by your parents yeah. and your lineage yeah. that comes into it as well so i'm always trying to break apart like what's actually going on for yeah. you yeah and and this is where things get even more kind of a bit confusing it's simple I guess it's simple now for me <laughs> is that I can get 10 people walk through it into my clinic and maybe 10 of them all say they've got the same NHS diagnosis yes yeah so uh, let's say from an NHS perspective they'd have a very limited range of pharmaceuticals that they would then apply to those 10 people you know maybe there's yep. two to five in a particular arrangement um, and you can give one or you could give a couple see what happens mm-hmm. uh, I will get those 10 patients and after spending 90 minutes with them, I will find out that three of them, um, three out of the 10 have constipation, three have really loose stools, the yeah. other three have perfect digestion. One's got eczema, another one's got acne. The, some of them are women, so they have menstrual cycles that are, uh, let's say in my opinion, not optimum optimum yeah or not um where they should be a few of them don't sleep a few of them sleep too much yeah a few of them uh will have terrible eating patterns so you can see like that for some varied. reason their predominant the predominant structure or shape that they found themselves in leads to the diagnosis yeah because that's what we can see um and that's their most pressing issue from a conventional perspective but when you look behind that you look behind that presentation, there's all of these other things going on in that person's life and everybody's different. And you realize that um, the ways out for everybody are not the same. So those 10 people won't be given the same prescription. Uh, They might all have, maybe there's one or two herbs that 
a lot of them will have for yes. me. Yes, so, so some that run through, Some yeah. that are just yeah. like, you know for that condition, it's really, really good. There's yeah. a lot of evidence for it. Yeah. Um, but then I'm giving herbs to help somebody's digestion. I'm giving herbs for somebody's blood pressure. Uh, one of the women might need a herb to regulate her menstrual cycle yeah. because she, I perceive that based on her symptoms, she's not transitioning between estrogen and progesterone very well. Uh, mm. And the drops or the increases or the surge is around um, her ovulation. Uh, yeah. and, and when when I look at somebody, I'm, although I'm breaking somebody down into these little points, I'm looking for the connections between all of the places yeah. because you'll find that usually the depth of somebody's disease process will drag everything else down so it's very common to find somebody that is very very sick who will have very poor digestion their blood pressure won't be right they'll be very fatigued they'll be sleeping more than what they probably should or maybe not sleeping at all yes and you'll see all of these warning signs in different areas mm -hmm. of the body and you can start using formulas of herbs and um, dietary protocols or even lifestyle suggestions to start changing them and what will happen is as the months go on they come back and maybe there was 20, 20 symptoms or 20 things that we identified the first day we were together yeah. on a spectrum some are very you know 10 out of 10 yeah. and some are mild as they come back uh, they will they'll come back and say oh yeah so first first follow-up will be wow my digestion has is it's improved so much i've not felt this good for a while great okay so how's your how's your skin yeah no that that rash i've got's not been changed at all and um what about your sleep yeah sleep's improved maybe 50 percent, but there's still work to go so I'm, I'm assessing how the formulas worked and then i tweak it tweaking them yeah i, I take some herbs out maybe yeah. the digestion herbs don't need to be in now i, t I, I take them out i'll add more herbs in for the skin because i yeah. didn't respond yeah. uh, as well as trying to help them in integrate a new experience of who and why they are the way so they are. So how much of it is sort of, um, you know, how much are you sort of not, I don't know whether you call it counselling, coaching or, you know, because there's obviously the, the sort of herbal side of it and the actual sort of physical stuff that you're yeah. giving somebody to take, but how much of that is, you know, is, is supporting them and, and listening to them. And because I think, I think one of the things with the NHS, I, I certainly hear from a lot of people is they get very frustrated yeah. with it, you know, and, and that that's, you know, feeling like they haven't got a voice and that yeah. they haven't been heard and that they've just, yes, take this bugger off kind of thing, you know, and, yeah. and, and which is, which is, you know, I'm not blaming the NHS for that in any way, shape or form. I think, you know, they've got a certain amount of resources and, and, and it's, and it's, it's, you know, it's a horrendous position. And, um, and especially having been in Africa and seeing a system where they mm. don't have an NHS and people dying of things like malaria, you know, I'm mm. very grateful to everything the NHS does, but it, it does, like you say, it does what it's sort of trained to do, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, you, um, you can't blame the doctors. To, they, they don't know. No. A lot of them don't know. No. Um, okay, I'd say... They know what they know, are, don't they? And yeah, they use it working they know what with they're what they're taught. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not... I don't think there is some bizarre conspiracy among the NHS no. to... Uh, I, I don't feel like that is happening at all. I, I just think that the, their education leads them to have a certain way of seeing people and disease and illness and what can be used to treat them yeah. and they're actively taught that herbs are useless mm. and if they worked we would use them uh, that's a, a contentious subject because that you think well why is that the way why mm. how how can i sit here and say that they work uh, why do we have universities that treat herbal medicine and how can i get insured and practice and then actually do what i do it's a huge debate that I yeah. can go into, but I Let's think it, it boils <laughs> yeah. it boils down to, in my opinion, that over the year about I think it was the thirties in America, uh, the banks, uh, the big American banking corporations, mm. started to communicate with the oil and gas industry and the emerging pharmaceutical industry that was coming out of uh, the development of war. It mm -hmm. was World War One and World War Two that really kind of um, kick-started a lot of the pharmaceutical industry. And there was a collaboration between them all to um, improve their, their business output. And as they did, and they became the massive corporations that they are today, they, they managed to 
swallow up various systems of society that were actually quite open uh, Mm. to homeopathy, herbal medicine. America had a ridiculous amount of herbal medicine and homeopathy hospitals prior to the 1930s that were just treating people with diet, herbs, supplements, uh, lifestyle changes, and then it all started to change. And now... Uh, we're kind of starting to come out the other side after yeah. we've seen 70, 80 years of people not really responding to pharmaceuticals. Uh, I think it's important, a good point to make that I think the way that conventional healthcare has managed to get on top of accident and emergency is, is quite unbelievable. Mm. It's it's amazing. Mm. There really isn't much out there in terms of herbs, homeopathy yeah. uh, for accident and emergency situations that are life-threatening like it, it it's amazing what is out there yeah. uh it's the it's the people that walk actively walk into their doctor's clinic yeah. and say i'm suffering and i'm suffering with this what can you do yes. it's those guys that are, are, are really in my opinion being let down by the okay, system yeah. and yeah. that's where i feel like i step in and say hey well I do something completely different. So back to the original question, which was um, which was about the sort of counselling. Yeah, sorry, people. we went off. Yeah, no, no, we do, we do that. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the it's hard to put a figure on it. Yeah. It's it's important to let people talk, but you have to understand that people talk from a place of what they already know, and a lot of people are very resistant, or they don't know how to tap into deeper levels of conversation yeah. that they've never been at before so I have to work a little bit like a magician and figure out where's this person operating from and with certain words and questions I can start to see how people respond to that some people are very open sometimes people will be sat facing me in a particular way and as soon as I ask them about their mother they'll change their body and contort and twist their tone of voice will change and you know you're you're tapping on something even if they say there's no problem there you can you can can start to maybe use language a conversation to kind of um, invite more of a deeper connection yeah. and I, so although yeah I want people to come in and talk freely if if I didn't poke and prod uh, with let's say certain techniques that I've learned or been taught over the years yeah. I don't think I would have as the success that I do because people would just come in say what they want and leave and I need, I need to kind of take them and, and sort of guide them into a certain place. And often that's what people will say. They'll come in and say, I don't really know why I'm here. I don't really know what yeah. to do. My best friend, I've seen what you've done with them and they've been raving about you ever since. So yeah. I'm booking in because I've got this problem. And often people's problem is always very physical. Yes. This is what I notice. Yeah. It's a society that we live in and this is connected to, the again, our health service. This is the... Uh, modi operandus that we work with you've you're a physical being so you have a physical problem come in with that one problem and people come in and say um i've got a bad knee or um my digestion's not great i've got ibs or i've Mm. got this high blood pressure it's all very physical physical and as the consultation starts and i start to delve into areas of their life that i guess they weren't expecting to discuss because to me everything's connected it then becomes apparent that some people will will stop and stall during the consultation and almost be like oh i didn't know that we were going to talk about this and 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 just fix that will you yeah yeah yeah, and and i'm trying to guide them it's like yeah i know i know you've got this physical problem but Mm. what's going on in your head Mm. like what thoughts do you have about the world like why are you here do you what do you do you have any patterns that you notice that keep coming up what are your relationships like? Do you do you have any friends? And mm. I'm trying to get people to really open up about things. And and often the real juicy stuff is childhood ex- experiences. Yeah. Because your formative, your childhood years are exceedingly formative to how you interpret reality as an adult. And that is based on your connection and dynamic between your parents, your interpretation of... Uh, your father, your mother, and we take a lot of how to deal with the world from our early years of experience with them, yeah. particularly around love and uh, let's say that's the, the good side of it, but also the negative side of shame and 
And then I guess you could even say love again because a lot of us get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and it's quite interesting to me, uh, the patients that I have who come in uh, who have repeated cycles of disappointment in romantic relationships yeah. and when you go back and ask them about their childhood experiences they've usually had an absent father or an abusive parent yeah. or maybe the parents were there and they they haven't seen the connection so oh, my parents were lovely and then I'm like okay this is oh, this is interesting yeah so I start asking them well what what did they tell you what stories what what words do you remember they would say or did you do anything that they didn't like and then it, and it, it, it can be as simple as oh don't do that or you shouldn't do that all the time mm. you know those kind of messages can't it you know yeah don't be emotion don't yeah. show don't be emotional like, be okay, tough yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 be a man we're, yeah we're emotional beings and yeah. all that happens is when you tell somebody not to be emotional is that energy has to go somewhere and often that comes out in behavior mm. I mean that's the classic pa- pattern of, of the addict in my opinion yeah is uh the is <laughs> is not and is suffering from a, a lack of integration between knowing the human experience of emotions yeah. and how to fully process them because yeah. of some block so you could go through life you have something stimulate that emotion as an adult but you don't but there's a there's a cage you around it yeah. and that energy is like a festering volcano and it has to come out yeah. and then uh, people turn to powerful substances to cope with that and stay in this realm of trying to contain something and then not finding connection and then yeah. obviously a 12 step program is amazing at that because it's not only helps people detox but it also helps people connect share open up be vulnerable meet other sufferers meet people who've got through it who've come to the other side and they've been sober or whatever the program is yeah uh, and yeah it, it it works um it it is you know it, it's um it's amazing recently because because as i say i've been looking at hoarding disorder mm. but um I've, I've actually found clutter is anonymous oh wow i didn't yeah. know that existed it's it's in the u.s <laughs> but there's actually there's actually a, a branch of it in the uk as well is um, it in london now well there, there aren't any meetings there are only meetings listed oh, wow. okay. um so so you know i've i've but I've, I've been kind of been looking into it because you know again again mm. it, it's just a different symptom you know it, it's, yeah. it's kind of you know what what do you need to get to in this and, and it's kind of you know what is the rehabilitation yeah. from it i think i think a lot of the time a lot of it you can it's great you know you do need to understand where it's all coming from but it's like well where are we headed let's move forward how are we moving forward with it mm-hmm. you know and it and it's kind of you know especially with clutter and stuff it's it's the physical action that's 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 a lot you know got to happen you know yeah what and, what's and, underpinning that i'd be that would yeah. be my question it's yeah. like okay you're and you're hoarding and like you said before you can just take the hoarding stuff away but clearly there's some intense pattern yeah. that's going on inside that a person. lot of it comes from you know the the, the research says a lot's from trauma yeah, a lot's yeah. from you know and these experiences that people have you know yeah. and and divorce that's a huge one you know yeah. and, and people leaving you and then it's kind of you know you've got this space and <coughs> and all this stuff builds up you know and 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 very quickly you know you're in overwhelm and, and you kind of you know but attaching sort of value to things yeah. that didn't have value and a lot of that can come from childhood your experiences of what what happened there you know yeah. like you're not allowed stuff and you know so you, you start gathering the bottle tops and all of a sudden bottle tops are like your magic you know yeah, but, yeah. but then you you know it kind of it, it sort of carries on from there so it's i think it, i mean it's all fascinating stuff isn't yeah. it and it and the you know that a, a lot of what i do as well is support people you know mm. it, it's like yesterday i was i was on a uh, did a a full day helping a lady with her with her office and, and she's actually got dyspraxia yeah. So for her just to go, we'll just organise it. it. She, she, her, her brain doesn't, you know, it's neuro. It doesn't, it doesn't go there. It, it can't kind of put those things together, mm-hmm. you know. And and um, you know, and she's she is messy because of her dyspraxia and things like that. So so how are we sort of, you know, having me there to help her with it and and that I think the best thing she said was, you know, you're just kind of giving me the permission to let go of so much of this stuff. But yeah. we let go of like years and years and years of work, things that she'd been holding on to that she, you know, great projects, she's mm. amazing things she'd achieved and all this sort of stuff. But mm. she was like, oh, that was amazing, you know, and I need to keep that. And I'm like, do you? Do you? You know? Yeah. And she's like, actually, no, I don't anymore. You know, if I did want to go back to that, I could do something else, you know. And, and, and so what she got rid of yesterday was was years of hanging on to a lot of old stuff you know and and so all this physical thing that we did 
were, was so much more about what was going on inside her. You know, yeah. it was it was five six bin bags full of paper that went, which was pretty epic from from an op- office. Yeah. Um, but actually, what what actually got cleared out was so much more than that. You know, it was it was old ties to things. It was kind of mm. you know maybe not moving on you know and, and and kind of needing to kind of clear out that that past to yeah. to then have the space for new stuff to come in and and so you know that and i see the results that people have from yeah. you know the freedom that it creates you know and 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 I, and I kind of listening to you i imagine what what happens with you is that you're you know you're giving somebody a space and a space where they can you know get all of this sort of you know sort of together and out and you know and 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 with something tangible to hold on to as well almost which is because i think i think a lot of people i come across they kind of might go to counseling and stuff like that but it doesn't really necessarily do anything yeah it you know it it, it, you can talk about a lot of stuff but but what what where do you go with it almost i think it can be difficult can't it very uh, i when i was suffering uh with Ill, illness and sickness in my early 20s, I wasn't really having any benefit from psychiatry or what the NHS were providing me in terms of pharmaceuticals, but I did get into counselling. Yeah. And I found it uh, massively centred around just keep, keeping me contained and safe. Yeah. And I feel like that works for some people. Yeah. But... It really didn't for me. I, I was convinced that what I was experiencing could be changed yeah. and could be transformed. Uh, and that was before I even started to learn about it. Yeah. And I ended up having to leave counselling in the end because I found it very difficult. Yeah. Um, and that was how I ended up going into psychotherapy, which I found much more provocative in asking questions and mm. prodding and poking me to uh, look at things with a way of tackling them yes. rather than my counselling experiences, which were just about sharing and yeah. sharing and sharing. Which so, is vitally important, which, I think, is it's yeah. got a huge place, you know, it's, and it it's was, I'm not trying to... It was what I, it, what, it was what I, need, I needed to share... But I felt after a number of sessions that I needed something more than just sharing. I needed somebody in a place of power that was going to say, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? Why yeah. don't you do this? And did you, have you just realised what you're saying there? You know, like holding, flipping stuff back at me. And, and um, I've, I, I think I realised very quickly that I've always been quite experimental and mm. I've always been very good at wanting to throw myself in things quite deeply and when people tell me not to rock the bow or don't do that because it might be a bit too risky I'm I'm often sort of questioning why are you telling me that yeah I really want to get better yeah you're telling me not to what was your what was your um health issue then Uh, I was 21 so I was a I was a junior olympic athlete between the ages of 12 and 17 and I went to America when I was 17 uh to high school over there graduated from high school, got a scholarship to uni, went to uni, but that was when things started to break down a little bit. I had been, I felt like I'd been prepped, prepped myself for a career in sport. And when I got to 18, it sort of collapsed. And as it collapsed, there was a power vacuum that was, that developed as to who am I and what am I doing here? And those questions were really very powerful to me and I didn't know how to cope with that and as I watched all of my other friends go to university a complete university I found it very difficult to engage with anything other than trying to find a job that could pay me the most because that's what I thought I needed to do Uh, so I ended up working for a bank in Manchester and I just worked really long hours very hard worked hard played hard Uh, all of my guess momentum in the sales job that I was building up at the week had to during the week had to go somewhere so on a Friday night with all the money I had I'd go out I wouldn't sleep very much I would take things that I probably shouldn't have taken yeah I didn't really know what they were doing but it was just about altering my experience yeah. because there was a lot of things inside of me that I didn't know how to look at yep. and then by the time I was 21 I developed acne which was really unusual so I'd never had 
skin problems. Went to the doctor, doctors gave me some antibiotics and just left me on antibiotics, which I didn't even realise how, how crazy that move was. Until after six months of taking antibiotics every day, yes, my acne cleared, I started to have digestive problems, gut problems. I started to have really loose stools after certain meals yeah. and then the anxiety started and it became at first it was it was fluctuating but then I started having panic attacks and it became worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where I'd have a week off work go back to work the panic attacks would start I stopped eating and I got to the point over the course of about six weeks where the panic attacks became so bad I then started to have suicidal thoughts yeah. and uh, that was when everything just dropped and I ended up uh, going off work for two to three years mm -hmm. living I had to move back in with my mother I lived in her dining room that we converted into a little bit of a bedroom mm -hmm. and I was um, delusional for a good for sort of three to six months mm -hmm. at the start um, deeply suicidal uh, chronic thoughts of self-harm and I had terrible problems with obsessive compulsive disorder mm -hmm. which is what I was eventually diagnosed with by a psychiatrist right um, as well as major depressive disorder and anxiety and panic disorder. And that was it. I was funneled into the NHS. I was given uh, lots of different psychiatric drugs. None of them worked. And eventually, after two to three years of really intense suffering, I got to the point where I was actively making plans to end my life because I couldn't continue it, yeah. with it anymore. Yeah. And my, I don't come from a, an alternative herbal family, so they did what they thought was the best and kept telling me to engage and, you know, just keep going back to the doctor, you know, we'll just find That's the what we know, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it, it just, I got, I got so unwell and so disheartened and it was just, it, the suffering was at such an intense level that I, could, I knew I just couldn't take it anymore. And I, I remember having this thought that, well... I've got nothing left, so maybe I should pray. And uh, I prayed, <laughs> but I prayed in such a way that I prayed. I remember because I was an atheist. Yeah. I thought if I'll I'll pray because I don't think God's there. But maybe if if God or a spirit or something out there listens, or there's something in the universe that can help me, maybe if I pray as if they're actually there, I'll try it as if they're actually there, maybe they may be there. Maybe something will happen, well, what else have I got to live, uh, lose? Uh, so I did that, and then five days later, something happened, and I can't, I, it's a distant memory now, I can't actually remember what that is, it's mm. a decade ago, but something happened where I felt a, sh a, a reaction, mm. that what I was seeing in my reality was part of that request, and it might have been a book or something where a, a friend or somebody just said, hey, I think you should read this. Yeah. And it was a book on uh, Buddhism and meditation. Yeah. And I remember reading the first page and feeling this this movement of energy that I'd never really felt before. Yeah. Uh, like coming into contact with a friend, a really good friend that you've not seen for a very long time. Yeah. And it filled me with like a huge rush of energy. And I thought, this is really interesting. Maybe yeah. this is what I prayed for and okay maybe I should read this book before you know topping myself or whatever so I so I did and by the end of reading this book I was so amazed and in awe of the words that I'd read it was an Eckhart Tolle book. yeah um, I'm sure it was this book I, I, I sometimes think it might have been a different one but there was it was uh, that one stands out the most and I remember reading it and thinking this is this is incredible and that started a process of uh, reflection, introspection, questioning. I went to Buddhist schools in Manchester. I started meditating. Yeah. And then I met people that were telling me about how diet had improved their depression. So I started cutting out gluten and dairy. And yeah. I noticed a, within a week, uh, my OCD had improved like 15, 20%. Wow. And I was like, geez, I, this is crazy. I've spent Jeez. three years. It, a 15, 20% increase on any anything would have been great, but I've not had... A, everything anyway. made me worse. Yeah. I, I had to come off everything. Every month I try a different pharmaceutical. I ended up having to come off it because I was so ill and thinking, well, I'm better without them. But So, yeah, the diet, that, the, then the diet thing changed when I met a herbalist. And the first time I met a herbalist, I 
was given she gave me a tincture an alcohol extract of licorice and that just again a huge cloud that had been over me it was like a f- i mean it's a, it it felt like a physical cloud i couldn't see it mm. i could feel it mm. it was like weight like a big sack of bricks on my back and this feeling of coming back a little bit i thought this is this is strange so it was just this snowball effect from that moment and i remember that moment as being the the moment that really changed my life and yeah. managed to connect me with realizing that if i really want something in life to really request it go after it try mm. to make it happen mm. and that actually my mind is far more powerful than what i realized mm. and maybe my mind just wasn't being given all of the tools it needed yeah. to understand like why i'm here what am i doing and then eventually 5 years ago i realized I'd got so much better and I hadn't been in a doctor's clinic for so long that I decided to go back and study for my herbal medicine degree and now it's it's a distant memory I can't remember the last time I had any delusional thought or feeling I very very rarely get depressed at all these days or anxious Um, and the only time I would say I ever feel a bit low is when normal things happen yeah you know like yeah. someone dies or yeah something. yeah yeah, yeah. normal ca- life stuff yeah. yeah my cat yeah. got i had a cat a few years ago that got run over and i was devastated yeah and i didn't feel very good for a few days but i came out of it yeah and i yeah. didn't want to kill myself yeah. whilst it was happening so recognizing that i still have my ups and downs as a, as but that's a human normal life isn't it yeah but yeah. i but that that well of chaos that i experienced is a very distant memory to me now and it's almost a bit bizarre when I talk about it because it's been so long and I can't I can't like recognize life, myself yeah. but if you ask me well what did you do I, I did a lot of things I've spent tens of thousands of pounds on myself because I thought well what what else could I do I, I don't want to buy a house buy a car I'm, I'm ill I'm mm. sick like this has to be the most the biggest thing yeah. in my life I have to turn this into my mission this is my life this is my life yeah. and actually I ended up discovering that this is the thing that really makes me tick I yeah. can't do anything else yeah. when I sit and with people and I hear their problems and I try to help them and then they come back and I see them improving it's almost like I'm I'm healing a part of myself yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, I realise that's a. I've turned my pains into a into a gift. Yeah, you've got to give it away to keep it. Haven't you? Yeah, 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 exactly. Absolutely, completely agree with you then. Yeah, so sorry, yeah. that was a bit of a long. That's, that's no, no, no. <laughs> do not apologise at all. No. Yeah, I think I think that's the different thing. You know, I think, you know, when when you've when you've been to those places, you know, and and and. You know, with my alcoholism, I, it, it took me where it took me, you know, mm. and other people go where they go. You know, I went where I went, which was bad enough for me. You know, I remember that moment of going, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. I cannot do this anymore. And at that moment, something changed, and I can't explain what that you re- is. You reached out. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's that surrender. It's that, you know, that asking for help. And, and also, you know, not not knowing what, you know, what what kind of getting better look like not knowing what life without alcohol look like not knowing mm. you know and, and all Scary. those yeah such fear you yeah. know but but the the kind of from that moment I had some sort of faith you know and I don't I don't know what I, I still don't know what that's in I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was saying I think I get more agnostic as I go along you know I have less of an idea of what God is than than I had before you know and, and I don't understand you mm. know God higher power whatever you want to call it you know it, it's 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 just a an energy if it's something I don't know but it, it's it's kind of um it gets less clear to me but I kind of my faith increases you know it's yeah. kind of I have lots of evidence now and lots of belief that you know that my life can be very different and it is very different you know yeah and, and I don't and I don't I don't want to drink today you know and and, and that's just a miracle really because I did it for 23 years you know yeah most it's, days <laughs> it's crazy yeah you know? and it's Absolutely amazing crazy. you've come through the other side and it's been how long has it been now for you? Uh, seven and a half years now. Wow, yeah. that's very... That's, um, but it, it's just, it's you know, the whole one day at a time thing, you know, is, is mm. crucial for me. What am I going to do today? You know, mm. and, it, and it's not about booze anymore. You know, it, yeah. it was very very rarely about booze, to be honest. Booze was just what I used. You know, it was... That was what, what 
contained everything yeah. you know it it did it, 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 it kept the bars on it was like you know I, that I don't have to feel things you know I'll, I'll get angry or whatever have a drink it'll go away you know mm. get happy have a drink it'll kind of you know everything sort of passed with with my anesthetic mm. you know it was my anesthetic about dealing with life you know and and for me a lot of that comes from childhood yeah. you know my dad left when I was five you know mm. and, and blah 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 you know and, and and there's a you know a lot of people have those stories and and I remember as well in, in early sobriety thinking that something absolutely massively horrendous must have happened to me. You know, I must have been abused or something like that. But but realising actually that, that just, you know, dad not turning up to pick us up one day, that was it. You know, you know, it's a huge effect that that has on a on a on a you know, a five year old's life, you know, it's course, like that's yeah. it, you know, I'm 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 not wanted and and the strategies I built up and how to deal with life. Mm. And you talked about relationships, you know, brick mm. wall, you're mm. not coming anywhere near me, you know, and, and those kind of things. And, you know, and it, it's trying to, it's trying to learn how to do all those things, you know, mm. without that fear mm. and with some faith and, you know, and, and I've just got married. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's like crazy. You yeah. know, it's crazy. To a nutritionist. <laughs> to a nutritionist, yeah. So I'm eating Amazing. really well. But yeah, I've got a, got a very nice pot of vegetable stew yeah. downstairs on the stove. Um, but, but, you know, but being able to yeah. do that, you know, I wouldn't have been able to. You know, yeah. I, have to, I have to learn how to do this relationship lark, this life lark. And, you know, and, and I think... What I love about the kind of stuff you do is is that it it's you know it's not a take this it'll fix it you know because I don't I don't believe in that really, yeah I think. yeah that's a good point to make I'm yeah. never I don't see myself as somebody that fixes people yeah I see myself as somebody that allows people to find the tools within them to fix themselves and that's how plants work as well yeah and this is uh this leads me on to want to say that when people book in with me and they take my prescriptions they never stay on them forever yeah if you go to your if you go to your doctor and you take a pharmaceutical and it works which often it it, you know is almost a bit of a miracle for most of us with chronic disease with no side effects yeah uh you're kind of on it if you take it away the problem's still there yeah because that one molecule how can that one molecule really change where you're at it can't so the the consultation process the coaching program the uh, assisting people about integrating their experiences what did the herbs do for you this month Mm. often people come back they've had dreams or nightmares of the past or they start thinking about things differently and it's a bit strange to them about well i know i've been drawn to want to talk about this thing with somebody and i've never wanted to do that and you can see how process works and eventually after so many months usually about six to nine depending on the the, the patient I will say to them like you you, this is the end we we don't need to continue and if we take this formula away watch what happens your old problems won't return because we've literally changed how your circulation works how your digestion works how your uh, nervous system works we've changed your sleep cycle we've even changed how you interpret the past together yeah and your your experience of the past and what it means to you and how that connects with your body which is the study of psychoneuroimmunology which is a, a, a connection between psychology the nervous system um, and your immune system yeah. it's all altered to such a the place now we can take the medicine away and you will you not go right. back to where you were because yeah. you've literally been changing month by month by month by yeah. month so it's a very intensive process yeah. and it's often why i think a lot of people uh, are a bit resistant to working off me because when they hear what i say will happen yeah. it's that thing of oh they wanted a quick fix yeah and it's really not like that no. people come people in and need I'm, to be willing to do it don't like, look like yeah. we'll get, i want to push you deep yeah. And I want to see how far we can go and I need you to kind of help me help yeah. you. Yeah. And I'm not gonna fix you. No. There's no pill I'm gonna give you that's gonna take yeah. this away. You have to do that. And it's, it's quite or all, all uh in all indigenous cultures that have a very strong connection to plants and medicine all have very similar philosophies. Yeah. Uh still to some of the indigenous cultures that we have today. And they say, How 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 do you heal? How do we heal? How do you how do you fix people? So well, the, you know the the plants will guide you. The plants will come in and help yeah. you, 
Uh, it's a very abstract way of thinking. Well, it's like it's like Beverly the Flower Essences. You know, a flower will appear in a garden, and it's like, okay, what do I need to do with that now? Yeah. I had a very very strange experience with her with that. Which was, it's just beautiful. I think it's lovely because mm. they do. They find you. They come and they they they, they show you what the what you're supposed to do, don't they? Yeah. They do. Yeah. yeah I think it's amazing. I've had lots of strange experiences with them over the years. It's great. How do, how do people get in touch with you then, Johnny? What 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 is the is the way to get to you? Uh, best way is go to the website www johnny's j-o-n-n-y-s apothecary <laughs> not an easy name a-p-o-t-h-e-c-a-r-y or uh, sorry that's dot com yeah. or you can uh, just type in johnny woodall so that's j-o-n-n-y w-o-o-d-a-l-l herbalist or herbalist sheffield and i'll come up the top of google We'll uh, we'll pop some links on on, uh, on when we post it anyway. So yeah, yeah, and I always do a free uh, like discovery call with Brilliant. people. So uh, it's, a, it's usually about fifteen twenty minutes. We'll arrange a time. The the person can tell me a little bit more about what's going on, and I'll explain a little bit more about the logistics, how I work, and what's involved. No cost to that. They can have a think about it, and then obviously book That's in. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so people can get a bit more of an idea of it. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's been brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, ever thanks so for much. having me. Yeah, no, that was that was. I really, I've, I feel like I've learnt lots. So I might book in with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what can I, what can you fix? <laughs> but that's really good. Thank you ever so much. And yeah, um, yeah and I um, I look forward to hearing more about you in the future. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>